Before we begin, it would mean the world to us if you left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other parents like you find the show. It takes a few seconds and makes a massive difference. We also read out reviews on the show, so leave us one for a shout out next time. Our children are incredible teachers. We'd go outside in the buggy. I would watch the way he would watch the clouds, the way he would want to touch, reach out to the leaves, he would, the way he would look at the flowers and plants. And it got me. I would like get down to his level of the buggy and I would look at the plants and then I would look up at the sky, at the moving clouds. Oh, and I've never paused yeah. in my life because I'm such a busy person and that's what life does to us. But I, when you get down to the level of your child and you look at it from their perspective, at what they're looking at, we should really try and soak in the lessons that our kids teach us. I really believe that. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Medic Mum podcast with me, Dr. Poonam. And me, Dr. Steph. So as usual, we are going to be kicking off with sharing our mum wins or mum fails this week. I think last week we shared some mum fails, didn't we? So this week we are going in with some mum wins. We are slowly yeah, training ourselves to shout about our wins from the rooftops. As awkward as and difficult as it may I am going to add... <laughs> I'm going to add, it took us about 15 minutes before we pressed record to try and think of these mum wins. So waiting for some epic, epic wins here, Steph. Kick it off Drum roll, please. Um, well, I like to think that it, this was a bit of a win, actually. So my eldest girl, she had this sweetest graduation ceremony from her preschool today. Like, we got the message about this however many weeks ago, and I just thought, graduation ceremony I was like that's so sweet I just don't, I don't think we had that when we were little um no but I just didn't. so love how they make a really big deal about all of these milestones because it it is exactly that it's a huge deal um but because of covid they were doing it outside and um because of how many uh children there are in the class initially they said that only one parent could go and it was on a Thursday morning so I normally work on a Thursday morning so my husband was like oh great well I don't work you know I'm I'll be at home um you know doing emails meetings whatever so I can go and I was like okay I know it just you just never no, want that right like, and like just... the thing is, is I was like okay he was like you used to take her to all of her classes when I, you know you were still on maternity leave and I was at work I missed out on so many things and he was like so you know I'll go so I was like yeah and in my head I'm like you're so right like you know the dads don't necessarily get to be there all the time for all of these things but obviously a little part of me was like I should be there um and yeah. also he's not the best at taking photos and videos either so I was like you need to up your game like if I'm not going to be there yeah. the footage needs to be really good um so anyway we had <laughs> we had settled on doing that and then we get this email um last night um so literally the day before just saying oh by the way um because of um other kids being away whatever we're still we'll still be within the 30 the number of 30 that are allowed outside at the moment and so you can ha- all have you know each child can have two people come so I was like oh my god that's amazing that's great but then looked at my diary and obviously it's like fully booked for clinic that morning um but luckily um I was in a position where I was able to 
ring up some of the patients at like 8 30 in their e- in the evening like disturbing their evening and just ask it I was doing either some consultations over the phone or kind of ask them to come in a little bit earlier I said I'd go in like an hour early and see them or you know book them mm. on later on in the day so managed to see a couple of patients this morning and then like dash over and actually be there and it was just it was just the sweetest thing ever. It was so cute. Aww, they made so I'm much so effort. Happy. They had like this balloon arch and like they got them to like sing songs and stuff that obviously they've been practicing for, you know, oh, weeks bless. and weeks. And yeah, it was just, it was very special. So really glad that I could be there. Oh, do you know what? That's a huge mum win. And I, I know it so well because obviously as a fellow GP, like I've been exactly where you are, where it's that... When you've got fully booked clinics, you know, you have that real sense of, of course, duty and responsibility and you never want to let your patients down. And I don't know if there's any other jobs really that kind of do that to you where you feel in equal measure pulled and torn. Because I've done it before and I totally resonate when you say, you know, the dads just don't because there was one year for sports day and I'm, I am that mum, that really annoying <laughs> mum who is at the front screaming her heart out and cheering and like being the person that runs on the side going, oh, I'm with you all the way. That. You know, whereas I think I got one picture from my husband that day and even then I was like, what where's the rest of it all it's not even of our child you know? someone else <laughs> yeah exactly um and you do you need to be there and you made it happen and how lovely that both yeah. of you were able to to kind of be there for this big milestone um so ah uh, a huge moment well win. done thank Steph. You. thank you very much pat on the back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right i wish mums had graduations oh you know gosh. like i think we should do like a could you imagine we should have... This should be at our meetup. You know, this meetup that we yeah. keep talking about with all our fellow mums in yes. here. I think that we should just like all glam up, have robes and just give each other a big medal. Yeah, we should have an award. And then followed by a shot yeah, of something good. we should good. have an award ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. To, that's yeah. what needs to happen. Who's going to cheerlead and like, <laughs> capture our footage? Um, oh, yeah. That's what the tripod's for. We'll do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? Um, <laughs> Uh, oh that's lovely I'm trying to think right so the one I'm going to share right now so this is going to be a bit we're going a bit deep guys we're going a bit Mm. deep um but I've been reflecting because obviously over the last few weeks you and I have both shared a lot in fact we do a lot on here about the juggle the struggles you know that that real sense of trying to do it all and being the best but never feeling like you're good Mm. enough And I guess like with me, my husband, we're like really full on hands on parents, but we're also got the busiest working schedules too. And often I worry that, you know, I don't want my kids to see that we're finding it a juggle. You know, if like I'm working, my husband's looking after them or vice versa. And it's always just like a bit of a hamster wheel scenario going on, which I suffer massively from guilt um but then recently my husband like he got a new role and um you know the, his working life got even busier but he's kind of following a direction which is very in line with what his dream is and of course as, as alongside being GPs like my I've got my own dreams and passions that I'm trying to pursue um and that day like I was putting my wee one to to bed my, my eldest and you know, he, in my head, I was like, gosh, you know, like I've had to cut that chapter short and it's always just like, hurry, hurry, you know, I've got to be there, do that. Do. And he turns around and says to me, so mummy, let me get this straight. 
during the day, you and daddy, you go and you do your normal job. Like you're both GPs. And I was like, yes. And he's like, and then when we go to bed, you and daddy, like you're not watching TV, but you are like working even harder and extra work to make your dreams come true. Aww. And I was like, oh my God. Like, yes. But do you know, it was one of those moments that really just, it stopped me in my tracks because as parents, and I share this because I'm sure lots of us mums do this, where we are carrying guilt all mm-hmm. the time, where we're trying to be the best version of everything for our families and often think that we're letting them down. But actually, when we get down to the level perhaps of what our kids are seeing, it's probably not the way that we're thinking because we're primed to think one way but actually our kids are looking up to us as role models or are maybe seeing a completely different version of what we think and him saying that really reframed it for me and it took away transiently because I don't think guilt is something that ever leaves but it did just make me think I'm so glad that you're seeing that the hard work that we're doing is actually us following our dreams and actually that will then translate to hopefully you knowing that you have to work for your dreams but the dreams can come true and um and hopefully him inspire him to do that so in a roundabout way I think that somehow like my crazy juggle <laughs> um is translating into some sort of a win for oh, my kids really so is. yeah um that is so sweet <laughs> I just think also how incredibly insightful um of him to say that as well and it just makes you think that it just makes you realize how wise they can be yeah I guess I'm getting to the stage where um my eldest she's you know she's going to school in September and I think gosh you know even though the last four years they've been hard and difficult we've got other challenges ahead and those challenges include like teaching her right from wrong, you know, morals, how to be a good person Mm. and, you know, all of those responsibilities that come with it, which um, is quite daunting, but equally listening to that story, we have so much to learn from them as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think that our generation and also, I don't know if you'll sort of relate with this as well, Steph, like even in my culture, it's coming from an Asian background, you know, you are very much, you're the child, you listen mm-hmm. to the adults, you, it's it's like either a yes or a no from the adults and, and that's it, you know, you're taught what is right, what is wrong and I get that there are certain things that you absolutely have to kind of ingrain into your kids but what I remember as a child who was very strong-willed, um, I used to get so annoyed and so frustrated because I did have a voice, I did have an opinion, and I didn't necessarily feel that that was listened to, and I absolutely never felt that, not in a bad way, but I felt like I wasn't treated as an mm-hmm. equal, like I wasn't given that respect yeah. that because it was like, you are the child, I am the grown-up. But when I had my, my wee boy, who's now eight... I think we started off in such a, um, it was obviously quite a difficult start for me with everything that happened that I've previously shared. But along the line where I was feeling quite lost at times, I started realising how much he was teaching Mm. me because the very first thing I learned from him was mindfulness. Now at that time, I'd never heard of it. I'd never come across it. I didn't even realise that we were doing Mm. it. But I would take him to baby sensory classes 
bearing in mind I was having I was suffering from postnatal depression at the time he was quite a, a poorly wee boy um and in these classes you know with all the fairy lights and all the stimulation thing that everyone was doing he was vacant like he wouldn't connect at mm-hmm. all and I was like god what's wrong with him then when we would go outside in the buggy I would watch the way he would watch the clouds, the way he would want to touch, reach out to the leaves, He would, the way he would look at the flowers and plants. And it got me, I would like get down to his level of the buggy and I would look oh, at the plants yeah. and then I would look up at the sky, at the moving cloud. And I've never paused in my life because I'm such a busy person and that's what life does to us. But I, when you get down to the level of your child and you look at it from their perspective, what they're looking at, you know, when, when he started weaning, the way he ate a <laughs> strawberry, my God, that mush all over the face. But I was like, I've never, you know, and it was it was the most bizarre thing because I just took the strawberry and I thought, I was doing it as a laugh with him. I was like, oh, no, 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 trying to spoon feed it and mash it up for him. And then I was like, no, you don't rub it over your face. And then I was like, I've never smelled a strawberry like that. You know, all of a sudden you're like, I've never had, like, it was such a sensory experience, yeah. the way he's, like, absolutely exploring the texture, the smell, the taste. It was all happening. And and at that point, it was the first time I truly started to appreciate seasons changing. Mm. The sky and in all its glory and how it changes. And food and how that... And then soon I was, like, into, obviously, mindfulness and meditation and all that came. <sighs> but... Our children are incredible teachers. They come in naturally with intuition, all that innocence that before it starts to be shaped by us, we should really try and soak in the lessons that our kids teach us. I really believe that. that's so true as well. And I think it's something that I, yeah, have only realized like now, you know, recently having them because like you said, I think I I so resonate with what you said at the beginning there talking about... um, Food have taken a massive swig of iron brew. I like this fluorescent orange thing <laughs> appeared on the screen, and I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> You're yeah, really back in now, soul, aren't you? It's, it's the soul. It's the soul juice. <laughs> this podcast is powered by. <laughs> oh dear me! It was powered by ginger, the brew. Um, Sorry, I can't. I oh dear. Um, we got sidetracked. I mean, like, how could you know? It's like neon. Um, <laughs> you need to try the stuff. I do, Steph. I you do. Need to try I need to. Stuff. I'm going to order it. It is not good for you. We do not advocate no. it all the time. A cheeky little treat. Well, Once I know. Exactly. I'm going to go buy one tomorrow. <laughs> um, okay, where was I? Yes. <laughs> Back to the serious chat. Uh, what you were saying earlier, actually, about. Um, your upbringing and our cultures I so resonate with that because actually I think that I was again I was actually very vocal and I think that I thought when I was growing up I thought I was like the naughty child no one ever said you know you're the naughty child but I just Mm. felt like I always created a little bit of more friction and debate um, and you know let's be you know those are polite words lots of arguments between me and my parents because I was (laughs) especially you know as a teenager I was probably also a little bit grumpy um but there was a lot of and just a lot of answering back and like well no you know this is what I think and you know that's not right and 
Yeah. And I, I, yeah, so I, I definitely get that. Um, and I think that it's, I've realized that as I've grown up even more that that's not because I shouldn't look at that as a negative time. It was more just a real clash of opinions because I don't think they were used to me being so, you know, used to having someone who was a bit more vocal. Um, and I guess as much as we may, uh, it's a conflict, isn't it? Because even now I feel like my eldest, she's like a teenager already. She's like got so much sass on her. And, I, you know, there are times where I'm so thankful that for her sass and then other times where I'm like, oh my goodness, I wish you would just listen and do what mm. I'm saying. But yes. yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I, I totally agree with you as well. There is a lot to learn from them. And like you said, sometimes they just make you stop, don't they? Because you are just, we are just so busy in terms of our day-to-day lives and them stopping because, and yeah, both of the girls, they absolutely love trees. I guess, you know, what you're saying is they just, they just love being outdoors, love nature. And so just pointing up, you know, looking at a tree, which is just so fascinating Mm. to them, makes you look up and do the same. Um, mm. and actually earlier this week when we met up, we were also talking about, cause our little ones started walking, um, kind of started learning around the same time and just saying how incredible it is to see them develop and to watch them learn such a huge skill as well. And just how symbolic it is as well. The fact that they will fall down and, topple over they may hit their heads um or kind of you know slip over but they will always get back up again and just yeah what a great lesson that is for all of us to learn yeah absolutely I just feel that if like to me it's really important that my kids feel seen and heard and valued and know that from a very early on their opinion really matters um and I never thought that see before I became a parent I really believed that I'd be like no this is this is when you're doing this and that's how you're doing that and but then when I've had them I've actually just thought like during that time particularly where things were really difficult for me I felt the whole world was conditional Mm. But my little boy was not. So everybody expected me to be in certain ways or come across, whereas my son, no matter what happened, loved me in a way that was just so pure, so unconditional. Like their emotions are Mm. raw. Love is love. Happiness is happiness. Joy is joy. Sadness is sad. You know, it's in the purest form. There is no... Like not, they don't have an agenda. No, they can't hide it. Which can they? actually, yeah, they can't yeah. hide it, and it's what we need more of in our actual lives. But we can become so consumed with everything else that actually we stop. And especially as mums, it's so easy to just carry on, carry on, carry on, and you actually miss those micro moments. And sometimes it's not just about stopping to just play or whatever. It's actually just connecting and. And asking them, like, I I guess because mine's is now he's at the age of, he's just turned eight. But, you know, I love asking him, like, what matters to you? What do you enjoy? What makes you yeah. happy? Like, what do you think of? And, and, you know, just complete organic responses. And, like, now with the baby, I just, 
she's just incredible like a completely different personality sounds like you're older <laughs> but sass and drive and and I look at her and I'm like you're 15 months how do you already know what you want how do you know how to mm-hmm. get it and I need so much more of you <laughs> Um, in my personality uh but instead of shutting her down because quite easily I could be like stop it be quiet you know but actually allowing her and it's not that you're kind of reasoning it's just actually allowing her to express Mm. herself is really important so that I don't take away her authenticity because you know what let's face it I find myself in my 30s now just discovering what authenticity actually means, trying to unpack and unpeel all the layers of what everything else has happened to me in my life to try and go, mm. who am I? You know, I'm getting those those crisis questions quite frequently. What am I doing? Where am I going? I don't want my kids to have to get decades down the line to try and figure it out. Actually, what can we do and learn from our parenting, like our from sort of what what happened to us as kids not that it was bad it was just different we're living in a different time but what can we do now to help them really come into their own from an early stage and then maybe if it doesn't pan out help them like (laughs) evolve and kind of tame some of that back when they're older (laughs) yeah I know that's the thing I'm like I love it until they've got their own opinions and then yeah you know let's like she's 10 she's just moved out of the house oh god this wasn't part of the plan (laughs) like it was too much I can't handle it I don't know what to do um I think that's the thing it's just this like push and pull but yeah I I completely agree I think if the psychology of um childhood development and how you respond to them and how you help them manage their emotions is really interesting and like I said at the beginning like earlier I think I find it so daunting because you know I'm just so conscious of the fact that what we do now does help to shape them as you know as adults and whilst Mm. that's exciting and that's you know there's so much opportunity to make things perhaps a little bit different for them it's also can be a little bit scary but um I think that the thing that um I've been trying to do more as well is because like you said because their emotions are so raw you know when they get frustrated it's the like you, you know it's that kind of outburst and like you know the parental instincts is going to be like don't don't do that or don't be like that and you know can you just stop doing that and you know do this instead um mm. but actually I've noticed uh I can't remember who it is someone I follow on Instagram they're basically like yeah get down to their level acknowledge yeah. and validate their feelings be like I think you are doing this because you are frustrated I know that it is frustrating and I actually have noticed that even just from doing that with my eldest that just that does that does help it's not you know every time but it I think it just helps it makes you feel like you're both learning together right because she's learning how to manage her emotions I'm learning how to manage her emotions as well um but also hopefully that will give her the tools um kind of healthier tools um to, to be able to deal with them as she gets older as well I hope. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, we don't know what we're doing. We're not parenting experts and nobody's taught. And and that's the thing. It can be quite daunting. And, you know, for anyone listening to this, just know that there's no, you know, right or wrong to how you wish to 
you know, obviously there's some like absolute things that, you know, shouldn't, but shouldn't happen. But like in terms of generally parenting, everyone's going to have their own sort of style or what they think is right for them and their family. Um, I guess we're just sharing what, what we're doing, but I think a lot of it comes from what sort of you've experienced in your life. And I think mental health for me is so important that like when there are outbursts or tantrums, as I see my little, my little baby girl going through just now, it's like, instead of just, yeah, just kind of going, it's okay. Like stop it or, you know, put the dummy in her mouth or anything. It's just actually allowing space and, whether it's that cuddle, sometimes they don't want to cuddle. Sometimes she'll just like push me away and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit beside you and I'm ready for when you're ready. And because it's like, it's taken me a long time in my life to understand how to manage my mm. own emotions. And I, you know, found writing, for example, was really helpful for me, which I discovered, you know, dear diary. I don't know if you used to write diaries. Yeah, I did. I did. When I, I, did, when I was really, really young, I did. <laughs> yeah. And I still journal and everything. So what I found, you know, my little boy, sometimes he loves to talk. He loves going out for walks. He loves nature. He has done from very early on. So if there's like particularly he's feeling frustrated, be like, okay, should we take the dog out for a walk? Our dog's been a massive, massive like um, deal in mm-hmm. his life. So often if he comes in from school, if he's had a bit of like the lockdown, for example, he was battling a lot in terms of frustrations and anxieties. And he would just kind of go up to his room with the dog and I'd know, okay, but do you know what? He's wanting some yeah. space and like the dog's is his unconditional bestie. Oh. But the other thing is like just getting them to draw, like draw whether it's like a picture or mm-hmm. faces to represent emotions or, you know, writing it out. I think it's just finding what works for your child, but knowing that the most valuable thing that you, any parent ever can do for their kid, as you said there, Steph, is validate mm-hmm. their feelings, make them understand that that they're not an impingement on your time. Put away the dishes can be done later, that laundry can be If you notice that your wee one is quiet or different from their usual, just sometimes sitting down near them or just letting them know that you're there holding space ready to give them whatever they need but also learn that they can also be teaching you along Mm. the way like it's it's that kind of you know we talk about love languages and couples and things but actually everybody in your family has a love Mm. language and it's learning that isn't it from from each other and actually kids are the best from the very early stages um they'll let you know when they want that cuddle when they want that snuggle when they're overtired when they want to play when they don't want to play when they want you to feed them when they don't want you you know like and it's just actually observing and being the observer as much as you can and you'll often um I find like learn so much you do and I think that I have really I don't know so I you kind of think you get to the stage where you have kids and you're like, well, this must mean I'm a grown up now. And, you know, I know what I'm doing, you know, and I've got it all sorted. Obviously, that is not true. But you think you kind of think you're like, well, I'm a grown up. Um, and you kind of think that you should have your um, shit sorted by now. But actually, I have found myself <laughs> no. unraveling a bit more because what I thought, you know, because, yeah, you just what am I trying to say? There is nothing like having a child to make you reflect on your own upbringing and your own personality and um, what your like passions are, passions and dreams are, like you said, but equally what you don't like so much. And kind of just, I think it just really helps to, helps 
it's been helping me to hone in on, like you said, who I really mm. am. Um, yes. Because there are certain things where like, I think like phobias, you know, I really don't like cats that much at all. But I was very conscious of the fact mm. that I don't necessarily want to push that onto my little one. Um, and how, how do you do that? How do you manage that? So yeah, I, I think I, I get what you mean in terms of um, that's, how we can that's how we can learn from them I, I think we're learning from them every day mm. in some small little way um and it's hard there are like some really challenging days where I mean I think you know we're talking about this and I think gosh would someone think god these guys have got it sorted these guys know what they're doing in terms of you know this is the ideal no. this is the ideal this probably happens you know 50% of the time or something like that but um we're trying we're trying yeah we are and I think it's um because it's so true all of that I think the moral I think of this story is that there's lots to learn from our children that number one uh and actually writing like keeping sometimes even like a wee note of like I call it life lessons from mm-hmm. children but, you know, little, uh, both of them have got their own little books and it's not like life lessons generally from them, but, you know, like little tidbits that you learn or along the way, things that you can perhaps share with them when they're older, like, this is what you yeah. were like and this is what I learned from you or, you know, I mean, this whole stuff about Irish's like journey through mindfulness, you know, it's, it's, it stays with you, but just take those pauses, observe, learn enjoy the raw innocence try and keep that for as long as you can um but also equally appreciate that if you find yourself like us who haven't got a clue what you're doing um that's okay too (laughs) this parenting stuff is hard (laughs) and uh i guess we can just learn from one another too and sharing these positive stories with each other um does help because often people will tell you how to look after your children Mm. and actually nobody has the right to tell you how to look after your kid only you know your child um so roll with it exactly follow your gut instinct i think that's so true and actually that's what we say a lot um to our patients as well you know i always say to mums and dads if you are not happy with how things are you know just just follow that because you've got it and i think that a lot of people feel like maybe they don't have it but i think um try and block out the noise and it will it will be there mm-hmm. on that note we are going to move on and i actually love this little segment where we read out a couple of really lovely reviews that we or messages that we've received from you as we said before may i think we initially thought it feels a little bit self-indulgent but do you know what you guys have taken the time to send these messages to us and so we just want to put the love back out there into the community as well so I'm going to start off with one that was sent to us um and she said listen to your podcast today and inspired I took my six-year-old for pizza and perhaps a little Prosecco for mummy. I like it. And he thinks it was his mm, best Thursday that. school pickup ever. I'm a GP and busy with the vaccinations, so have missed school pickup the last few months. And he was so happy and grateful. Thanks for the inspiration. I think that's when we were... Isn't that that's so lovely, lovely, isn't it? I think that was that episode where we were talking about... What were we talking about? Like making time for them and having like a little, a little date. Is that what we were doing? Um yeah but I just I love that and I think that that just goes to show doesn't it just of um just the ripple effect like we learn from each other Mm -hmm. and 
I often take inspiration, whether it's from mums on Instagram that they're doing or, you know, our chats with fellow mums. You, you do just kind of go, I never thought of mm-hmm. that. And um, something just very small sometimes goes a long way and our kids don't, they don't need much. And if we actually think about it, what they crave and desire the most is actually quiet time with their parents yeah yeah. um it's so appreciated just doing that little drawing with them or having a hot chocolate like (laughs) there's nothing quite like it having a cuddle and having a watching a wee movie together um it's just that that nothing replaces that uh, so this is beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing that with us. Thank you so much. I think I'm going to do the same. I think I need to do that as well. Exactly. Pizza and Prosecco date sounds inspired. Yeah, I love that. I love that Prosecco bit. <laughs> I love this personal one because I really felt um, quite sort of angsty sharing, like my really real, real chat and ramble um, a couple of episodes mm-hmm. ago where I just felt a bit overwhelmed and to then getting a message like this really just kind of validated actually how I was feeling. So thank you very much. So this was one where we said, just wanted to say thank you for this. I have no idea why really imposter syndrome, being able to call myself a mum maybe, but just listen to Poonam's podcast on overwhelm. I'm sat on a bench in the woods in floods of tears, just knowing I'm not alone, I suppose. I wonder if I still have PND. I don't know if that's even possible after five years. I've made a GP appointment this morning for tomorrow. Rambling now, but just thank you. You know what? I think that's just one, such a brave message. Two, thank you, because you've kind of validated me as well. And we all have it. We all, as we've been talking in this episode, you know, sometimes being a mum... It is overwhelming and you do have moments where you just think, gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Am I even doing the right thing? And there is a sense of imposter that comes with it. Uh, And in terms of postnatal depression, can it exist? Postnatal depression is is not, you know, how long is a piece of string? Mm -hmm. Some people recover really quickly. For others, it can evolve. It can evolve into anxiety. It can evolve into depression. The fact is that whatever whatever stage you're at, if you feel that there that your mood is is low or that you're struggling with feelings of inadequacy or feeling that you're you know having negative thoughts, any of that at all, you've done the right thing by reaching out by making that point with a GP, and that is so brave and so courageous and like. And sending you so much love for for doing that, um, because it takes a strong person to do that. And uh, yeah, I think that just goes to show that when we're having these conversations, we never know who's listening. But I just am grateful for this community every single day um, because I think that we're all we all have so much more in common than we ever thought when we started out. Yeah, it's like, so true. And I think we talk about it all the time, but just the power of sharing, isn't it? Like you think if we can have this conversation and other people can listen to it and maybe take action or do something different that they wouldn't have normally done, you know, these things are happening every day, not just on podcasts, but through conversations that maybe people are having with other parents as well. So it's just that connection, isn't it? And feeling less alone. And it is something that is said so often, but it's so powerful because there are so many times where, especially like with 
um, my eldest, when you're going through it the first time and you have no idea if what you're going through is normal and you think, well, it must just be me. It is, you know, it's my fault. I feel like I'm, I'm so more, so much more open, maybe second time round because well, I mean, it just comes out as like verbal diarrhea, but you know, you can't help it, but <laughs> you, when you have mm. that perspective and so, um, especially with the year that we've been through, well, I say years, like 18 months that we've been through, um, collectively as well. And if any of you are also first time parents, you know, it's, it's a lot. Um, and yeah, I just think it's, um, it's so lovely and it's so nice that people take the time to send these messages too. So yeah, thank you very much. And with that, we hope that this random episode on, <laughs> I'm going to just call it Life Lessons yeah. from Children. And our, our ramblings. <laughs> um, yeah, our ramblings and reflections. I hope that it's been, or it's given you some food for thought and maybe you will, you know, perhaps look at your children in a different way. You know, get down to that level of their eye look feel touch smell experience things the way that they do and you never know it might just open your eyes to a whole new experience um i'd love to hear from you if you do do anything like this then please do share it with us we love nothing more than to hear from you yeah, and remember do leave us a rating or review um, and do visit us at medicmums.com until next time bye, bye.